You are now entering the void of chaos, stupidity, and absolute nonsense. Turn back now, or forever wish you did. <laughs> Welcome to Bell on Earth. My name is Cassidy. And my name is Casey. And we are your hosts. Before we get into this episode, a quick disclaimer. We are very honest people and by no means experts in literally anything. All opinions are our own, and not all of them will be good. We are the type of people to use humor as a coping mechanism. So if you're sensitive to certain topics in darker comedy, this may not be the podcast for you. With that being said, for the two of you who are still listening, thank you so much for being here. Refreshments will be served at the end, and they'll probably be a little stale. And that's just a taste of the quick wit and amazing humor that we will be providing you in this podcast. In this episode, we will be talking about ourselves. (laughs) Which we're really good at. Sorry, it was it was hard for me to follow along to that. My eyes were not moving that fast. <laughs> this is why I can't have a script. This is really hard for me. Um, so who are we? Why do we? St- why do we start? Why do we start this podcast? What's going on? Where am I? And why? So let's dive right in. <laughs> We are the Bell Sisters. Yes, we're really sisters from the same uterus and all. We're originally from New York, but not the city. We're not that cool. And we moved to Austin, Texas a couple of years ago. August 2019, to be exact. Casey, do you want to describe yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm Casey. <laughs> um... I'm 22 years young, <laughs> and I, um, I stab dogs and cut their bones for a living, so that's really cool. Should we, should we just leave? Yes. Should, this is the most accurate version of ourselves, Cassidy. Okay. Uh, oh my god. So what do you do, Cassidy? So I basically play on the computer all day. Um, for an Akashic therapist, I work at Emerge Healing and Wellness on Instagram. Go follow, like, subscribe, comment. Smash that like button. <laughs> Hit the notification bell. <laughs> um, yeah, so clearly we are not uh, podcast hosts, um, but, you know, why did we decide to start this podcast? Um, because we, like we stated, we have a lot of opinions about a lot of things, and we're (laughs) qualified to speak on none of them. So therefore, we have a podcast where we can talk about them, and you can either decide to listen or to fuck off. Yeah, basically. Um, so, uh, the, the name of it is Bell on Earth. Um, I think it's really, it's really funny because, because, like, hell on earth is, like, a good phrase, you know, because, at least to me, so, like, my opinion about this is that right. I like the perspective that, like, hell and heaven are, like, states of mind and not, like, places in the afterlife that you go to, mm-hmm. and so, for me, it's, like, bell on earth is, like, we're 
creating the hell on earth for ourselves because like our lives have always been very like chaotic and almost like violent in a way um so like you know yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's true we've had like a lot of adventures that don't really make a lot of sense um we've been put into situations that we did not ask to be in but at the same time did ask to be in oh yeah i like we like sent the intention out there but yeah and it it happened oh it happened all right it happened it really happened um so So, yeah we decided to make a podcast about it about our lives our adventures our opinions basically we keep saying that but because we have um, so many. We have, we have a lot so of opinions. fucking opinions. Um, but uh, I did want to discuss what you were talking about before, where hell and heaven are a state of mind, and that they don't necessarily coincide with the afterlife. And um, I think that's a really interesting concept, because honestly, there's a lot of times where I feel both like I'm in purgatory or like I am in the greatest version of this lifetime, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's, like, been a couple of different times where I felt complete and utter bliss. Yeah. And there's also times where I feel complete and utter despair and just depravity, which, you know, can be contributed to our state of mind, but I also think that part of the human experience on this planet in general is also to experience emotions in extreme forms like that. For sure. Because I think, like, um, we, as humans, we exist, we are, like, multidimensional beings, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that people don't really take that into account, but it's, like, literally in our face. Like, if you look at, like, a rock and, like, a bunny rabbit, like, there's a clear difference between the two. Right. Both are living in the physical realm, and I think that the rock is alive in that sort of sense in the terms that it's, like, energy. But there's clearly a distinction between the physical world and the spiritual world, which a rabbit lives in both, which is like us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between existence and consciousness. Exactly. That I think more people are waking up to, but it's For still sure. not a main stream concept. Yeah. And the other part of that is if you look into quantum physics and just physics in general, which I've watched a couple of YouTube videos about, but, (laughs) and I have a couple books on it, but, um, if you do look into it, like, one of the basic concepts that they're testing right now is the idea of how electrons basically don't exist unless we look at them. So, essentially, like, what they'll do is they'll predict where an electron will end up if they're kind of, like, shooting it from a tube onto a piece of paper, I guess. That's not... Like, if you look at it as, like, a physical thing, they basically shoot it from, like, a piece of tube to a piece of paper. Um, But basically what they've found is that if you take an electron, there's no way to say that it will end up in a certain place unless you observe it and predict it to be there. But there's no way to observe it in a way that you can't look at it. 
Right. So if you look at it from that perspective, like we create our own realities. We only understand reality in the way that we look at things. And that could be, you know, that could go back to like the idea of mindset. And I think mindset really is kind of just a simplified version of that idea that literally reality doesn't exist without our conscious thought. Exactly. And also if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense just from a social perspective. You know, there's so many times where I've talked to someone about an experience that, that we've had together and their experience is completely different from mine because our perspectives are completely different. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> exactly. That's like kind of what I was going to touch on is the concept of like everything in the world is a reflection of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's literally how we experience life. And for example, like kind of like what you're saying, like if I, like, okay, so I have like a mug in front of me. If I hold this mug in my hand and I look at this mug and Cassidy looks at this mug, we're both going to see a mug, but we're both going to have entirely different um, associations with this mug. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we're going to have a different memory of this mug going forward. Well, even more basic than that, like, we just perceive color in a different way. Like, I can see the color of that mug as baby blue, and you might see it as more, like, a deeper blue or even green. Yeah, which is, like, both um, just, like, our eyes are all different, but also I remember I can't... I'd have to actually look it up to find the exact study, but there was some, like, um, study on, like, linguistics, and I think it was Russian, where they looked at people who spoke Russian versus people who spoke other languages, and it turns out that people who spoke Russian, because in the Russian language they have more um, words for, like, specific shades of red, they were able to distinguish shades of red better than like let's say like an English speaker would Mm -hmm. which is fascinating because like literally just your language can completely change the way that you like perceive the world in a physical sense oh yeah I definitely have heard about that and I remember there was like I guess it was part of the same study but I remember hearing about how um there were I think it was like the Inuit people had like it was something like just like a mass amount of words for snow and they perceived snow in such a different way than other people because of course they're surrounded by it right I believe it was Inuit people I'm not going to say that's right (laughs) but either way it was it was a group of indigenous people who lived up in like northern Canada Mm -hmm. and because they're so equipped to be in the snow they have to describe it in so many different ways because they have to communicate that Whereas someone who lives in Texas or someone who lives in, um, you know, somewhere closer to the equator wouldn't necessarily have those words because we don't have snow down here. Of course, we did this year and it completely wiped out the state, but most years there's no. Yeah, let's let's save that for a future (laughs) episode. Um, Snowvid. Snowmageddon. (laughs) Oh my god. But there's not the same perception of snow or, like, life in general because it's just a completely different way of living, which is, like, 
fascinating. Yeah. But even if, like, we take, I mean, again, we're not going to go into it, but even if we take, like, event that happened in Texas, like, when it snowed, like, Cassidy and I, we're from New York, we're used to snow. Mm -hmm. So, like, when it snowed, we had a completely different experience than someone who has never experienced snow would have had. But, like, we still experienced the same physical event together. On that topic, I actually had, like, completely different expectations. Oh my god. Expectations. Expectations. Right? Yeah, inspections. <laughs> Me from New York. <laughs> um, but I had completely different expectations for that snowstorm because it only, yeah. I think it was barely an inch had snowed. It was, I mean, I guess it depended on the area, but it was not a lot. Like, it was something that, like, if we were in New York, the schools wouldn't have closed. It had been, like, a two-hour delay. Yeah, it, like, definitely, I think, was less than, like, my fingernail. Um, yeah. Because I, I remember measuring it. And back in New York, because we grew up right outside of the city in Westchester-ish New York. Um, and I went to college. Don't ourselves. We're Putnam. Yeah, we're Putnam. We're Putnam. But no one knows where Putnam is, so. Fair. Westchester. <laughs> An hour north of NYC. Yes. So, but I went to college in Oswego, New York, which is right on the border of Canada. It's on Lake Ontario. And going to that school, like, the snow there, I mean, if it's, like, a blizzard, you still have school. Mm -hmm. There's, like, no exception. Because if they cancel school every time it snowed, then you'd never have fucking school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there was one snowstorm where they did end up canceling, um, and that was, like, really, really, really bad. Like, you couldn't see outside your window kind of snow. Right. Um... Whereas, like, down here, I mean, the entire state shut down. There was no electricity, no water. The gas froze yeah. from, like, less than an inch of snow yeah. because they had, didn't have the equipment for it. And it is, like, kind of goes back to what we were just talking about of, like, the perspective and the lives that we all live are so different. Yes. Um, but at the same time you can look at all of our different lives and all of our different perspectives and still find the similarities between all of us, which I think is the most beautiful part about the human experience is that, you know, you look at, for example, ancient peoples and they all had very similar structures and very similar gods and goddesses and I guess just like religious structures in in general, or like the concept of religion, right? Which is crazy that so many people across the planet who had never met each other, had no contact with each other, all came to the same conclusion that there must be a higher source. Yeah, a higher source. And we all have like different perspectives of what that higher source is, but we all like have that deep truth within us that there is something else. And even people who are today atheists. You still have that concept of science, exactly, which is, which is a higher a truth, yeah. right? And it is like a, it's a source of knowledge, which is exactly what um, religion came to be. Right. You know, it was just a way of explaining what we were doing here and what was going on and why are we having thunderstorms? You know, all right. that kind of stuff, like yeah. crazy. Which is why, like, I'm excited to have the podcast, because I think that's kind of part of the point of why we want to do this is because we want to have, like, 
kind of like just, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, like everyone's a regular person, but we want to have like everyday people come on and share their experience and just get like a little taste of what life is like for other people. Yes, we will be doing guests every other week. We plan to post at least twice a month, um, just for now. So, meaning one episode a month will be our rambling, so you're you're welcome about that. Right. (laughs) And the other episode (laughs) will be a guest that we know. (laughs) In some some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And I also, I think, I guess we should make it clear that, like, um, we don't have necessarily a specific plan for the podcast itself besides just talk about topics we're interested in you know we don't really have a theme like obviously like our overall theme is bell on earth hell on earth kind of thing but like that doesn't mean we're gonna be always going into like dark topics and stuff like that we kind of just again want that human experience Mm -hmm. to be the main focus of our podcast which I think by having such a broad spectrum of perspectives, we can achieve that. Mm-hmm. And part of the human experience, of course, is having darkness For as sure. well as light. And I think exactly. that's like another thing that we yeah. can definitely dive into because I, I was thinking about this not so long ago because I saw this comment about how it was um it was like on Instagram, it was a reel and the real was using the sound of Ursula, who is the villain, of course, in Little Mermaid. And the comment was kind of like, oh, Ursula's, like, immature and unkind. But if you look into Ursula's backstory, her they actually have a written-out backstory for her, and I believe all of the Disney villains. But her backstory is that she is Trident's sister, her his younger sister, and they knew that she had this like immense amount of power. So as a baby, Trident tried to get rid of her because he didn't want her around. He didn't want that power to be like around and he wanted to take the throne. He wanted to have the power, so he got rid of her. And she ended up being saved by this human who became like her adoptive father. And eventually she lived with humans, she lived on land, and because she's a goddess, because she's the daughter of Poseidon, um, she was able to transform into human form, because all gods and goddesses can do that. And um, basically she was able to live a human life on Earth, and eventually they found out that she was this... um, octopus-like goddess. and Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, And so they sentenced her to death as well as, I believe, the adoptive father either got sentenced to death or ended up dying because he was trying to save her or something like that. But he ended up dying. And um, that's where her immense amount of rage came from and why she wanted revenge on Triton because she found out that she was thrown away and that she had this power and that no one wanted her and that she was just chronically you know tossed aside by all the societies that she lived in and the whole point of telling that story was to show that you know there is darkness and light and there's a lot of gray area because if you look at that backstory and you say well she's still a villain 
you know, like, you can't discount all of the terrible things that happened. And you can't mm-hmm. say, well, if those things hadn't happened, if she had just been raised alongside her family, would she be the villain of the story? Or would right. she just be Poseidon's sister? Right. And, of course, there's still the potential for her to be the villain. But at the end of the day, there's so much gray area and there's so much that we can look into about the human experience and why people are the way they are and where all of that comes from. That yes. you can't just put everything into darkness or into lightness or, you know, bad or good or hero or villain. Right. There's so much gray area. And if you look at most villains... Their backstories are almost always childhood trauma related, which I think is absolutely fascinating. And if you look at most actual criminals in real life, most of them have childhood trauma, which is why, like, I think, I mean, we both are, but like, I'm very into like crime and like learning about the darkness of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess I should clarify my um, job. I yes, I, I stab animals and break their bones and cut their eyeballs out, but it's all it's all in good faith. Um, I do work as a surgery technician at a veterinary hospital, so that's that's what I meant by that. But um, <laughs> going with that, I personally I'm like very desensitized to gore and stuff like that, so it very much interests me, and not in the sense that I'm like, oh yeah, I love like watching like things die, but I am interested in the realities of life because not. It, it's not always comfortable, mm-hmm. and that's okay, but mm-hmm. it's, like, the truth. It's the reality of the human existence, and that's why I really love crime and learning about um, that side of society because I think, like, as a society, we love to throw the word, like, monster and villain around because we love to dehumanize these people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's the problem is that they are human. Mm-hmm. At the root of it all, there is human in them just like you and me and you like you and I both have the dark sides of us too Mm. and I think like at least personally like I I don't think I'm in this place anymore um but I certainly have been in places where not that I would have done it really at that point but like I can understand where people come from to go to extents that they go to in terms of being so overwhelmed by emotion and by just being so out of control of your own self. Mm. Um, like, I obviously think people should still be held accountable for themselves. Yeah. Regardless, um, just because you have something going on doesn't mean it's right to harm other people or harm the world. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's part of life. And it's also, it's not necessarily about being like, oh, you know, poor baby, you murdered, like, 400 people, you should... But But your mommy smacked your butt when you're baby, so it's okay. Yeah, exactly. It's more about, um, you know, like, understanding how people came to this point. So so that we can prevent it. Yeah, exactly. And help people, instead of just throwing them away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And not to, like, get into politics point or whatever but you know I do think that ultimately if we do have some sort of level of prevention then we can prevent we can just like prevent a lot of like really serious crimes from happening like I do I think that crime always happen yeah of course but will serious serious crimes happen forever if we like get 
people help prior to them getting to that level of needing to commit a serious crime. At least on a much lesser scale. Yeah, it would be reduced by a lot. And it's absolutely crazy that we don't do any of that. For sure. Um, I think there are, like, genuine sociopaths that do exist. Um, I think there are really people that seriously just from birth don't experience emotion and will never change. Mm-hmm. But I think the vast majority of people that we just slap the sociopath label on are not sociopaths. Some mm-hmm. people are either numb because they have been overwhelmed by emotion or commit crimes because, again, they are overwhelmed by those emotions and don't know what to do with it. And I personally think that's why we have such a um, s- such a problem with men in crime mm-hmm. because Think about it from a societal standpoint. What do we teach men? It's bad to cry, mm-hmm. which is, first of all, one of the healthiest releases of emotion. I also possible. don't really understand that because, like, why do we have tear ducts if we aren't supposed to cry? That doesn't even make any sense. It's true, though. Like, just, like, from a biological standpoint, it's completely true. Like, but <laughs> they're there for a reason. Exactly. But I think, like, my, at least my perspective of, like, emotions in general is that I think everything is energy Mm -hmm. and emotions themselves are energy that's why like when you're sad or angry you like feel it you feel it in your chest Mm -hmm. and when you cry you feel a release when you're happy you feel lighter because these are all like just different energies with different densities and Mm -hmm. complex structures and I think if we looked at emotions from that perspective and separated ourselves from them and kind of saw it as like okay I'm not sad. I'm feeling sadness. Right. I'm not angry. I'm feeling anger. Mm -hmm. We can form a different perspective of it and say, okay, like, I am not this. I am me experiencing this. So what can I learn from it? What can it tell me about myself instead of being so stuck in the physical realm? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how can I release this emotion in a healthy way in a healthy way and cope with it yeah exactly exactly and I mean also to kind of backtrack a little bit you also have to take into account people's socioeconomic perspectives as well because a lot of these emotions come up because of their socioeconomic standpoints like they either become angry because they don't have enough money to buy food or to buy water or to buy whatever it is for their families and then it just kind of escalates from there and that's also too putting a lot of pressure onto people because they don't meet a certain standard instead of saying okay like let's you can have more if you want but let's just make a basic minimum for everyone so that everyone has enough and if they want to work hard and they want to perform well or whatever they wanted to find success as having material items or having more vacation time or whatever it is and they can do that but they can at least survive right on a basic level and provide for their families at a very basic minimum because the other problem too is that when you have families who don't have the resources to continuously provide for themselves. Now you have children that are left alone because both parents are working really hard to 
provide for their families. They have to work two to three jobs or maybe they left because they were like, I can't do this anymore. Or maybe they are just so stressed out that they're always, you know, at the bar with their friends because they can't handle it. And now you have children who are left alone and that builds anger, it builds sadness, it builds resentment. Yeah, exactly. So these are all villain origin stories. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I really do hate that these types of topics are seen a lot of the time as political because mm-hmm. it's not political mm-hmm. it's just been politicized yeah that's which true. is ridiculous because all this is is just like caring about humans mm-hmm. yeah that's all it ends up being you yeah. know and like I don't understand why that has to be anything political I think that's something that affects everyone on the same scale yeah absolutely know? Um, and that's, sorry, go on. No, you're, you're good. Um, there's actually, I was going to bring up a point that you've made to me, Mm -hmm. um, about how we are all like connected and we're all just like one being ultimately. And the fact that we have separated from ourselves so, so much, like the idea of individualism has come up so heavily in the 20th and 21st century and we're really what we're doing is just getting away from ourselves when community and being a part of something bigger is kind of like the whole point of existence at least in my perspective um something that you bring up quite often is the idea of yeah you can tell (laughs) sorry I love this metaphor um so The best way that I've had just the human experience described was I, I'm going to confirm this because I don't want to get it wrong. I'm like 99% sure it's Dan Harmon um, on the Stuff They Don't Want You to Know podcast. But basically, the whole concept is, the whole point of the human experience is literally just to experience and to... um, add to the collective consciousness, which is, I think, again, what the, what God is, what the universe is, what the higher being is, is the collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. And the way he brought it up was that the collective consciousness is, think of it as a tongue. And each individual sprout of consciousness is a taste bud. So I'm a taste bud, you're a taste bud. Like I mentioned before, rabbits are little taste buds of this consciousness. The and person listening to this podcast. You, the yeah. two of you, are, are... Taste buds. Exactly. You're all taste buds. And we all exist on the tongue in different parts of it, at different angles. We all experience whatever we experience in different ways. Mm-hmm. But we all contribute to the collective consciousness but the catch is is that the tongue can't taste itself so I could never see from your perspective Mm -hmm. you can never see from my perspective but we both have our perspectives that collectively end up in the collective consciousness Mm -hmm. yeah it's absolutely it's such a fascinating concept and it completely makes sense because like we were stating earlier in the podcast like um so many of our experiences are so different and at the same time so similar. Yeah. Which is, like, why I, again, think having a podcast is such a brilliant idea because I think social media in general just kind of allows us to 
have a taste of what your perspective is and what my perspective is. And like social media and the internet in general, in a way, kind of is a collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's a collective resource of experiences and data and data and just information in general. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And there's just so many different people, perspectives, opinions, and resources on the internet today. And I do um, disagree a lot with the idea that this, like social media in and of itself is evil. I truly believe that social media is absolutely neutral uh, yeah, in and of itself. Duality. Right. Um, do I think that there are people who use social media for, you know, evil uses yeah and there are people who use it for really good things people who share their art and their experiences and try to help people and of course there are also people who use it to criticize or to share really harmful content or to you know go out of their way to harm people right but the idea of the internet and social media in general are you know they're just neutral concepts and what you put into it is what makes it either good or bad, and also your perspective, which is kind of the same thing as, you know, the idea of the electron. If you see a tweet, right, if you see one tweet, me looking at that tweet, I'm going to have a different perspective of that tweet than you are or someone else's, and someone else may be really angered. We see a lot on Twitter. Yeah, (laughs) and some people might really like it, really like it, and some people might really despise it. Um, And yeah, it's exactly kind of the point of Twitter, right, is to see something and gain like this significant emotional response. And of course, there are still people who find it incredibly neutral, who see this tweet and they're like, okay, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Like, I don't really care. That's fine. It's not meant for you then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's just like kind of fascinating the way that we understand the internet nowadays, especially compared to the way that we understood the internet so when it like when it first started when it first began yeah and um how much it's changed and evolved in such a very short period of time which is something you and I have talked about quite often that like I mean in the span of 15 years we've gone from giant like Megatron computers and warehouses to having (laughs) the entirety of every, like, known point of information, data, everything in the palm of our hand. Exactly. Yeah. And it's wild. (laughs) It's so wild. And we're, like, one of the last generations that have experienced life before it. Mm-hmm. Which is also what yeah. really, really bothers me that people, or I should say people, I should say, like, adults, mm-hmm. um, will criticize children for, like, oh, you're always on your phone, you're always using this, blah, blah, blah. But, like, first of all, not for nothing, but you motherfuckers created it. So don't get me started. Right. <laughs> um, but second of all, it's, like, why is it necessarily a bad thing? Why can't we use this as a tool to create the next generation and create a new form of, I guess, intelligence in a way? Like, things change. I'm sorry, but they do. And I think we should learn to adapt instead of being so stuck. And I think part of it is because we have 
change has occurred so rapidly that we don't really know how to respond to it because it's mm-hmm. like a new frontier. And also we don't really understand it yeah. because our brains can't comprehend can't. how quickly things have changed. And even just because, um, as I mentioned, sort of <laughs> um, randomly, I am a social media manager on Instagram. I work for an Akashic therapist and you know, just as a social media manager, like, things are constantly changing. And that's just, like, on Instagram or, like, Facebook. And that's not even talking about just, like, the um, actual servers of the internet and the actual, like, things that the internet can do and how fast it's going. And I do think that um, I do have, like, a lot of sympathy for people who didn't really grow up on the internet because they don't have the ability to not that they don't have the ability to I I just want to say like that they didn't have the same experiences that we did in such a formative age yes to be able to I mean like I was like 14 coding on tumblr Mm -hmm. you know and that was my childhood um and of course not all of my childhood was spent on Tumblr, but a good portion of it was, and a portion of it was learning how to change, you know, my theme and how to code in a way that it affected how my page looked. And that's such a unique experience. It's really only a part of this generation and the newest generation that, you know, people just don't have a comprehension of. People don't, or and obviously, like, you know, older people, I guess, um, don't have, not older, but just, like, people who were born pre-internet right. um, don't have that comprehension of, like, I'm not going to get, like, this deep into it. I see the surface of it. I, I only see, like, what's presented to me, but, like, our generation was able to dive deeper, and the next generation is diving even deeper, and yeah. then after that, they're going to dive even deeper because they're going to be on phones from the second they're born. Yeah. And you can say what you want about it, but it is just the way we're evolving. Yeah. You know, and it's wild. And like we we're saying before too, like it happened so fast. Yes. You know, we so were so fast. I think we were like in high school by the time. Apple came out with, or I was in high school, by the time Apple came out with the first smartphone, and since then, it's only changed just dramatically, radically, incredibly fast, (laughs) like, and like you were saying before, too, like, we went from having this, you know, phone to now having Apple Watches, and we're on our way to having telegraphic um, communication devices, And even, like, even 10 years ago, we didn't have FaceTime. We didn't have cameras. We can talk to people now in real time. Seeing them face-to-face. Seeing them face-to-face in every part of the world. And And think about it. The technology that we have in our hands is light years behind the technology that is currently being created Mm -hmm. and being used in, like, you know, government agencies and higher up and, like, whatever whoever's creating it from Mm -hmm. scratch you know right yeah exactly it's just it's it's wild how quickly things have gone but um you had a really interesting perspective on this as well that relates back to the tongue metaphor you want to explain that 
For sure. So I was kind of thinking about how just like human evolution in general, if you go back like millions of years ago to the first dawn of what we would consider like humankind, what set us apart from other species, other animals, literally any other conscious being on this planet? Technology. And I don't necessarily mean technology in forms of phones and robots and shit. I mean technology in the forms of being able to control fire Mm -hmm. and creating the wheel Mm -hmm. and creating much more intricate tools so that we can more effectively kill and we can even animals that were like we were their prey. Now they're our prey. Mm -hmm. And we started to gain that traction. And like we were discussing, like, yes, there are other animals, obviously, that are very, very smart and that have their own tools, but, like, it's different for humans. Mm -hmm. And we evolved so much more rapidly than any other animal. And you're right. Like, why us? Why human beings? Because look at us. We're literally, like, soft little meat sacks that can barely, like, run (laughs) even like the top runners can't outrun you know some of the fastest animals on this planet and yet we can create we are on top so much yes we are we are at the well uh, yeah i do think we believe we're at the top of the well i think i guess perspective plays into Mm -hmm. it but yeah but i mean at the end of the day like that belief of being at the top of the food chain is what kind of drives us yeah and what gets us to these places of mass achievement. I mean, we're looking at going to, into space and going into... And forming colonies on other planets. Yeah, right. And, like, again, it's... For me, the question lies in, like, and, like, yes, other animals have other tools and things that they do that prove they're very intelligent, but why have they not been able to go past that? Mm-hmm. Why are they stuck at their abilities and haven't been able to create the same... Even, like the same communities that we have started out in thousands and whatever years ago, mm-hmm. you know, like why are they not even at that point? Why are we the only ones mm-hmm. who have done it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was actually watching this documentary. It's called, I think it's called the theory of everything, not the movie about Steph- Stephen Hawking, but it's like this three hour long documentary on YouTube. I honestly don't know if I recommend watching it. It's really long and, muddled and it's kind of you know boring but um, right I didn't watch all of it but one interesting concept that kind of relates to what we're talking about is that basically the idea of consciousness is like not necessarily like an alien being but it's something that we a separate entity yeah it's a separate entity that we cannot like understand at this time and we can't physically see it but we can we can gain access to it through our thoughts, which, I mean, um, is kind of crazy because if you look at, like, there's so many human beings that you can look at who have gained access to the collective conscious. And I I see it every day. That's what the Akashic Records are when I was explaining um, where I work. The Akashic Records are a collection of human consciousness that we can enter through uh, deep meditation or a sacred ritual that we kind of dive into. And the amount of information that has come through, you know, for me alone has been remarkable that we can tap into this collective, you know, 
collective source source of information. Yes. And that's why I do kind of have a feeling that there is some sort of entity that is our consciousness that isn't necessarily on the physical plane. I don't know if I'd necessarily consider it alien. I say, um, yeah. I, I think, think that's a very human word for it. Exactly. But alien just means that it's different to us, something we've never experienced. That's right. why I like to consider it more of, like, a separate entity. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like, technology, and I guess you could just consider it information. Information in general is just a... It's different. It's different from, again, like we were talking about, like, the physical reality and the spiritual reality. Like, it's different from either of those. Mm -hmm. It's its own separate thing. And it's something that I, again, did it choose us? Were we just the ones that grappled it? Like, I I don't know. I don't know what happened. But there was a clear, distinct point in time where we got it. Mm -hmm. We were infected by it. Mm -hmm. And even if, like, you look at, again, like, religion, there is no evidence that we, again, we only know from what we've been able to experience scientifically and whatever, but, like, there's no real proof that we have that animals have religion. Mm -hmm. But we have created, again, like, we for example, wars over religion. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, yes, like there are animals that respond to energy and like the magnetic fields and shit. But like, it's we have created something bigger than us. We understand that there is something bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, information. Yeah. yeah, that's what's bigger than us. Technology. That's what it is. And I think, I don't know. My kind of idea is that technology has kind of infected us, I guess, for lack of a better word, and has evolved itself to a point now where we are creating consciousness for it. Mm-hmm. We are at the brink of technology becoming conscious. And then what? And then what? And then what? And so, listener, that's what we're going to leave you with. Yeah. And, and then, then what? <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We are so grateful to have you here. Um, and for sticking out this out with us. Um, again, more to come. Yeah, <laughs> more to come. Again, I am Cassidy. I am Casey. And you can follow us at Bell on Earth Pod on Instagram. We are currently working on other types of social media, but we're on Instagram right now. You can follow us on Spotify, and we'll see if we can get this onto Apple Podcasts as well. But yep, just keep checking in and seeing what we're doing if you like this podcast um share to your friends if you have any yeah probably don't if you're listening listening (laughs) probably far a few in between but you know all right well thank you so much and bye bye